Hi everyone, welcome to Modern and Orthodox. This is a deep dive into how the Orthodox community is portrayed on TV based on our own personal experiences as two Modern Orthodox women. We're going to dissect, laugh, and reflect on everything we watched on Netflix's My Unorthodox Life that dropped a few weeks ago. And we have a lot of feelings about it. I'm Rachel. And I'm Aliza. And and this this is Modern Modern and Orthodox. This week we'll be breaking down the final three episodes of the series. Let's get into it. All right, here <laughs> we are. Well, the big news, actually, before we even start talking about um, My Orthodox Life, is what we recently found out about um, a brand new addition to uh, Real Housewives of Dallas, which is Elizabeth Savetsky. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so I, excited. I, um, I just found out about it, and I think it's like a perfect, perfect time to have somebody who's so... Well, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with her, she's um, an influencer who um, is modern Orthodox herself. She's very pro-Israel, very loud, proud Jew. Um, and I think that it's it's a really interesting time for her to be inserted into the reality TV world. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see what what happens and how, how her story is unfolds on, um, on national television. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So... First of all, so funny that this we ended up. This is basically a reality TV show podcast. I know, it's not on purpose. <laughs> and also so funny because I've never watched any Real Housewives ever. I haven't either, actually. So I I know no context. This is like just very exciting news because yeah. I um, Elizabeth Savetsky is really it's it's she's such a great pick. I think if I were ever to have to pick like which famous Jewish you know, young person who would be down to be on a, on some sort of reality show yeah. that represents the community. <laughs> well, she is such a great fit. So I'm actually very excited about this. Um, maybe it'll be a fun excuse to continue. The I podcast. was going to say that continuation <laughs> of the conversation. Yeah. So really excited and yeah, so excited to dive into these last three episodes. Cause Agreed. I feel like they picked back up the middle three episodes of, you know, of the show was kind of, I don't know, not dull, filler. but yeah, it just felt like filler content. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. Um, and these last three episodes, I feel like there's a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect. Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to dive into these episodes. Same. Should we start with um, Camp Aron? Yes, the, episode seven. Yeah. Thoughts on Camp Aron? I mean, maybe just to give context. <laughs> yeah, let's give some context. Please. Give some context. So we start off, um, the whole episode starts off with Julia um, telling her other kids um, that Aaron had his headphones on listening to a sermon from a rabbi, kind of making him sound crazy. Right. Um, that was really interesting. What was the... Remind me again, the reason he was doing that was because she was... Oh, she was playing non-Jewish music in the car. That's yeah, well, was. we that, was that like, wasn't clear. Oh, I thought she said it. She said, she was like, I was playing non-Jewish music in the car, and he was listening on his headphones to right. a sermon. Oh, so was not clear if it was like... The assumption is that they're yes, connected, right. but it might not actually it, be. It could just know. be that he just right. likes learning, and, yeah, <laughs> and he just is listening to his That's thing. a good point. That's um, a good point. Yeah, so that's how it starts, um, and really this whole episode centers around Julia mm-hmm. wanting to... I don't know, show our own more of quote like the real world right. she keeps saying or like you know anyways very interesting mm-hmm. um and so she starts with um bringing this is like the funniest part of the show because she's <laughs> guys we're going to t-neck right now i'm very excited <laughs> we're moving from muncie to t-neck yeah. from manhattan to muncie to t-neck right i now. feel like i i've never been to any of these places i feel like i need to go now as like oh a you have trip. to go oh <laughs> yes just you have to it. i mean you've got to go to mocha blue now that mocha blue is on here yeah, yeah. Um, so funny. So yeah, so basically Julia is really excited about his friend, Aaron's friend, Aton, brings them together. Um, Aaron and Aton actually have like a little bit of a conversation where Aaron's telling Aton that his mom was really upset, that Julia was really upset the last time they spoke about Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And he actually kind of like makes fun of his mom a little bit saying like, yeah, and she keeps saying fundamentalism. Fundamentalism. (laughs) Fundamentalism. (laughs) Which I actually thought was very funny. I know, I thought. Um, And and at the same time that they're talking upstairs, downstairs, there's this really interesting discussion between Julia and Yosef around 
you know, Julia bringing up to Yosef, what should we do about Aro not wanting to talk to girls? Mm-hmm. And Yosef and Julia decide that they want to be this unified front. Mm-hmm. And um, this really kicks off. This is a theme that I really want to talk about yeah. throughout these last few episodes, which is I love, as much as I have criticized a lot of Julia's representations and large brushstrokes of the Orthodox community on these last bunch of episodes, mm-hmm. the one thing that I have to say that is really phenomenal i've i've honestly not seen it so much in the universe is um she has such a wonderful relationship with her ex yeah she does and they co-parent so nicely together despite the fact that they Mm -hmm. live in very different worlds that they used to be married to each other Mm -hmm. even forget about the fact that they live in different worlds yeah when someone get when two people get divorced and they make that decision after being together it's very hard for people to um, still get along totally. after that. But I mean, honestly, just like in my own personal life, I just don't see that, you know, transpiring in most cases. That's usually not what happens. Um, and so this was really interesting to watch um, them. And then we'll talk, you know, it comes up later in the last episode. But the fact that both Julia and Yosef get along so well, as well as now Yosef's fiance is that mm-hmm. what we're calling her fiance Eliza yeah getting along with her ex-husband yeah. so well I mean yeah. that is one thing I have to say out of all these nine episodes that we watched about orthodoxy if there's one thing that I feel very like I'm just so proud of the representation which I don't think is always true I don't think it's like oh if you're orthodox you have a great relationship with your ex I don't think there's a correlation there mm-hmm. but I think that that is like that was such a nice thing to watch on television totally. which was like wow yeah. They all get along so well. Yeah. And like it, it's so true. Yeah, it was just really so anyways, that that is really where we see this um this is like the second or third conversation we see between Julia and Yosef and Unified Front and they seem to really get along and I don't it's really I, I mean amazing. And then they go to Mocha Blue and T Neck. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so let's talk about what happens there. Yeah. I think I think to your point, I think that it it is really interesting to watch the um Yosef and Julia's relationship because um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to tell how it works so well, <laughs> like what, like what the reason is. And, and obviously like we don't, we don't see the behind the scenes of, of what's going right. on. Right. This but, is still a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that, that some, some of it has to do with personality types. Like he, he is clearly like non-confrontational. Like he's not, he, he's not, doesn't seem to be at least pushing back on a ton of the decisions that she's proposing to make um but I it's very easy going yeah very easy going and and I think that I think that this kind of circles back to one of the original things that we talked about on on the podcast which is that um there are a lot of times when when it does seem very clear that Julia is doing a lot of what she's doing for her kids and and sometimes it is um it is a little bit more aggressive and pushy. And, yeah. But I, I do think that despite the decisions that she's sometimes pushing out to her kids, I think that the reason that she's, um, that she is, that she can come across as so aggressive and pushy um, is because she really just does want what's best. She really does just want what's best for them um, at the end of the day. And um I don't know. It's it was it it was really nice to see though that I was I was a little bit nervous going into that conversation to be completely honest. Yeah. Like about to watch them um try and figure out what well when she asks Yosef to talk to him about not not touching girls. As a Talk, talking to girls. Talking to girls. Ta- right. About not yeah. right. T- talking to girls, right. Um and he agrees and he yeah. he's like, Yeah, you know, I'll I'll try to have that conversation. And he does end up having that does. conversation. Yeah, which I we'll was talk about. uh pretty surprised. Yeah, it was awesome. Um yeah, so this actually segues into Julia bringing orchestrating, right, orchestrating. a reunion <laughs> of our own and his ex-girlfriend right Dahlia yeah and her friend yeah and her friend at Mocha Blue yeah which is like so funny I mean anyone who's (laughs) listening right now that is like has ever gone to Teaneck and I mean Mocha Blue I mean this is like it's just hysterical also so one of my friends actually pointed out to me how funny it was that they span on like the most religious looking people at Mocha Blue that like 
I've I've been to Mocha Blue a bunch of times. I ne- I mean, that is not the usual crowd at Mocha Blue. Right. And of course, they like get the little snippet, and right. we're like, which 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 guy did they pay to come for like months a year, wherever to come to T Neck? No, no. But it was and in in all fun, that was like really hysterical to see them go to like a random kosher restaurant. Yeah, that again, just like given free advertising. Yeah, free advertising right. to all these kosher establishments. Yeah. I am all Great. for it. it. They are making back their. Their uh, Robinhood money that they're yeah. paying for their their kosher. There so, you go. There you go. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah. So Julia orchestrates for Aaron's ex girlfriend to be there. Um, thoughts on that situation? Super weird. Yeah. Awkward. I think not the way to go about getting him to talk to girls again. But it was. But I it mean, worked. I it mean, worked. And in I the mean, end, it was actually really sweet to like watch them interact with each other. Just like remembering what it's like to be fourteen and super awkward and I don't know it's I mean obviously it's like produced and the girls are probably excited to be on tv there's got to be an element of that but um yeah very very bizarre way to approach the situation um but ended up kind of being like a sweet little moment I think yeah yeah that was funny and also hysterical that his mom was like intervening there yeah like not my parenting totally. style no not at all god me no. neither. if I go off the deep end like that please save me <laughs> <laughs> um cool and then after that as part of this whole like day with our own she then that's where the name Camp Aron comes right. from she decides to take our own and set up this whole cool overnight like yeah. sleepover experience right. at elite world group headquarters with like a whole bunch of little i don't know what were they like little tents tents and, yeah and then laser attack i mean it looked really yeah. it looked really cool <laughs> it did look fun um really fun and and his siblings are there and they have this like whole fun interaction and um what i thought was really interesting was the conversation that happened between our own Shlomo and Miriam. They mm-hmm. were sitting outside, and I think mm-hmm. um, Miriam got a little defensive. Aaron got a little defensive. There's clearly a bunch of tension there because, you know, I think Aaron just really wants yeah. to live his life, and Miriam really doesn't see it that way at yeah. all um, and just feels like, oh, he hasn't experienced it, and he's just so naive and all this stuff. And right. he's like, no, I see what kind of life you're living. Like, I just want to live a different yeah. life. And I think he said that to his um to his siblings a bunch of times now and his parents and it's really interesting he's really standing up for himself time yeah, after time agreed. like at least on camera maybe yeah. I don't know if he's doing it off camera but like I feel like he's been kind of sticking that same kind of mantra over and over saying like I support however you guys decide to live your life but just yeah. like let me be me yeah I think um, she even she even Miriam even mentions at one point like I know it's a personal decision and his response is Exactly. It's yeah. a personal decision. Like, let me make my own decision. Yeah. And I do I do think that, like, despite the fact that um, Camp Aron is, like, silly and fun, it's just, it really is, um, and maybe I'm contradicting myself a little bit, what I said before, that she's really just doing what's best for her kids. There, There is this, like, underlying frustration, though, that I have watching her try time and time yes. and time again to, yes. to get him to be less religious or, and, and, and I mentioned it, um, on the last episode that we did together. I think that, I think that she's, Julia is going too far when it comes to trying to get her kids to fall in line with doing what she wants them to do. I think that it's perfectly reasonable as a parent to want to try and give your kids all the tools that they need to make the best decision for themselves. Uh, and it and it just feels like she keeps she keeps just crossing the line. She and and again, maybe it's because I don't have teenagers yet, and maybe yeah. I'll feel differently so when hard I get to that to judge, point, yeah. right? Like to put myself in her shoes. Um, but it feels at least like Aron's not just a fourteen year old kid with no path and no understanding of the world and he's not make it doesn't seem at least like he's making the decision to be religious because he's not being exposed to everything he's being exposed to it yeah exactly that's that's the part that i'm not yeah i'm not really like wrapping my head around is that julia keeps making the point that like she just wants to expose him to the world miriam also says it a bunch like i just want you to be able to see the world and like experience all of these things and then make a decision and i keep thinking to myself like 
he is. Like, he is experiencing the world, and he is still choosing to live yeah. a Torah life and, yeah. um, and like, a very Jewish life. And, and it's so clearly it's not that you just want him to see the world. It's that you have a problem with the fact that he's living, that he's continuing to live an Orthodox life. Right. Even if you're not yes. saying it. Yep. That's definitely the underlying feeling that I'm getting from them. 100%. I could not agree more. This isn't a case of maybe, like you know, him in a little pocket of Williamsburg and where he's only speaks Yiddish and he right. doesn't. And there are people like Yes, that. there yeah. are. Like th- that exists. Yeah. But he's not that. Like right. he speaks English. He's in this pretty regular world. The Yeshivish Muncie is a very, quote, modern, like, you know, community. Yeah. Um, and he's related to this whole group of people who live normal lives. Right. He goes to the Hamptons with them. He d- goes on vacation with them. Yeah. Like, he, it's not like he's not exposed. He, right. he then just goes to the side and chooses to, to pray, and he chooses yeah. to keep kosher and have a different diet than them and all these things, and it's just really frustrating to keep seeing them mm-hmm. try and pitch it to him that you just haven't exposed yourself to it. Right. And it's like, mm, no, right. he has. Exactly. You know? So that's really, I totally agree yeah. on that front. And that's my problem with Camp Aron. Yes. It's like, I think to like to wrap it up on, on Camp Aron, I think that it's very sweet. It's very silly. It clearly looks like a lot of fun. My problem with it, though, is that it's like another another example of them just trying to expose him, whatever that means, to the world, to, to let him have to like give him a fun experience to kind of oh. like get him to see the light. And yeah. that just to me is not. Julia keeps saying like, I just want you to have fun. I just want right. you to have fun. And he said it a few times. Like I'm having fun. Right. Like I have Stop fun. Bombing. No, like I have fun being orthodox. Like it's yeah, just exactly. such a ridiculous assumption that yeah. like if you're orthodox, you can't have fun. Agreed. I just, it's mind blowing yeah. that people still have that. It's just wrong. That ne- yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that was really frustrating. I agree. That was all um, one like little tidbit that I thought was so funny, and anyone that that you know may have gone to Orthodox high school probably was laughing so hard. Was in this conversation between Shlomo, Aaron, and Miriam outside. Shlomo is like basically lamenting and pitching to Aaron like you should feel so, you're so lucky that you get to go to modern Orthodox high school. Like it is the best. Like you're going to play sports. The sports at modern Orthodox high school. Like we're all like the worst. Yeah. Yeah, Asterix. Like we're the worst teams. We never win anything. Like, okay. You can play sports. You can talk to girls. It's the best. And don't get me wrong. I, I loved going to modern Orthodox high school. I love it. It's amazing. But it was the funniest commercial on Netflix for modern Orthodox (laughs) high school I have ever heard. It was like, he was like, man, I am so jealous of you. It is like, I would have done anything to go to modern Orthodox high school. And I'm sitting there laughing so hard. And I'm like, I loved it. But like, it was just such a funny little modern Orthodox commercial. Um, so yeah, Jewish day school. Uh, thank you Shlomo for that little mini 30 second highlight reel. Um, yeah. And then I think the next thing that starts to come up in these next bunch of episodes is this theme around in, um, in the workplace. So just moving off of camp mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. totally yeah. agree. Like that whole yeah. thing was just very hard to watch. Yeah. Um, because yes, our kids, although Orthodox do still have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we just ran a color war birthday party for oh, my yeah. <laughs> saying people have plenty fun. Um, Jews love color war. If, if you want more info on color war, <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So the next theme that comes up after Camp Aron is this theme around, uh, Julia and nepotism and, um, elite world group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we start yeah. to see, this is where that whole like clearly produced storyline of Batsheva overhearing them talk about mm-hmm. how there's only going to be one child in the business. Mm-hmm. And like that whole, I mean, it was like, could not be more produced. Like it was, she happened to be sitting, she there. happened to be sitting and there. And they happened to not be in a conference room. Yeah. Talking about something about really serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like <laughs> Who talks about an IPO not with closed doors? No that one. never no. happens. That was so weird. Yeah. And like with the head of HR and there are these like Bacheva and a random other person there. Right. Like the whole thing was just laughable <laughs> yeah. for anyone that has like. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, but yeah, so that's where that start. But even so, like even though we now learn a few ep- episodes later that like it was taken out of context, all that. 
the storyline, I mean, her her whole motive there, which is that she doesn't want nepotism. It, she doesn't want it to feel like nepotism when there's an IPO because that could be risky. Right. Still stands. Mm-hmm. You know, she still meant the general theme, which is that nepotism should not exist or, you know, can exist in the same way mm. with a company that IPO'd, which was so ironic <laughs> given that she has her job. Um, and I, I mean, I think it's true for a lot of companies. Listen, a lot of companies pre-IPO, obviously their leaders are often the people that, you know, it, it is family. It's like yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it is. And then once it goes IPO. But it was just interesting because that storyline that Netflix had to kind of weave in was right. ironic totally. given what we learned a few weeks ago yes. in our own little digging that like, you know, where she has her role through um you know, through her, her husband. So yeah. anyways, just, and just to, cl- just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know the definition of nepotism, I just pulled it up. Yes. Oh, great. Um, it's the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. Right. So what we're referring to is the fact that like all the kids are now, they think they're fighting over a single position because Julia doesn't want to be, um, seen as someone who's giving favoritism, like giving her children, her family, um, positions in the company as they're getting ready to go public and it's just ironic because Silvio clearly gave her a position yes 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 like very like a very powerful position yes the whole thing yeah um really ironic but yeah so going into the next episode um this is where we have the conversation the zoom conversation with Yosef and Aaron so Yosef does follow through with what he talked about mm-hmm. with Julia. We're going to be a united front. I'm going to talk to him about the talking to girls situation. And Yosef goes on to tell Aaron, I'm telling you, like I said it the first episode mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it a million times. Yosef is my favorite human on yeah. this show. Agreed. He's the best. Like yeah. I just, everything that comes out of his mouth is so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. The quotes he says, like every, I mean, he must prep. Like, yeah, oh, I'm, sure. He, I'm sure he must prep because well, it is just like, He's, he's just, first of all, he's such a sweet person. He's so accepting. We've talked about this before, like the irony of the fact that the person or the two people, Yosef and Aaron, the characters that are the most religious on the show Mm -hmm. are probably the most open-minded as far as you can be whoever you want to be, you know, sister, brother, ex-spouse, parent, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And the people that are you know, the least religious on the show, like Miriam and Julia are the most close minded towards something that's not their walk of life. So, yeah, I mean, the irony still continues even into these episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Yosef and Aaron have this discussion and Yosef is basically saying, listen, it's really okay to have relationships with girls. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's good to respect women and all the things. And he's just like, you know, they're half the population. Right. You can talk to them. Yeah. Um, and that was like a really interesting conversation. What did you think about that conversation? I think that one of the things that is the most interesting about Yosef is the fact that time and time again, he does present himself in such a, an open-minded way. And I, I am curious if these if if he would have felt the same way about it had it not been on national television i i just i try and like put myself in his shoes um thinking about how his ex-wife is going on national television to tell her story about leaving the community um yeah the the edit that ends up coming out of it is something that feels very um very much like a conversation around how orthodoxy is bad, right? And here he is in a situation of, like, wearing a kippah, um, being, like, having sparring, like, having Jewish books all over his home, um, still being in the community, and being put in a situation where he has to, like, he knows, I'm sure he feels, like, the weight of all of this on his shoulders, right? Like, he... He know it's 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 been the community's biggest fear as this whole show has been unfolding. What, how they're going to portray, us? How they're going to portray Orthodox Jews, and I can only imagine the pressure that that had on him. Like I I I'm, 
I'm very happy with the fact that his edit in the show ended up the yeah. way that it is. And yeah. I can only imagine, though, like, how much thoughtfulness, like, had to go into making him making sure that every, every word, single yep. word, yep. any time a camera was around him, yep. was a word that he did not mind being in the show. And that's that, to me, is, like, just the fact that his edit came out so thoughtful, so open-minded, just goes to show, like, how how heavy it must have been to have that pressure for him to feel like the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. Every word he said, and I'm going to throw some quotes out that he said from this conversation because they were all, so he talks about like, he says the special thing about Judaism is that there's no one size fits all in Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, there's all sorts of Orthodox Jews out there. There's people that go from more strict to being less strict, less strict to more strict. Mm -hmm. And then he says, you as a person are on have to choose what that path is for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thank you. Sum it up, tie it up with a little bow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just maybe send that uh, notification to Julia because I feel like that is just to me, that's how I think about Judaism. Like what... Yosef said in that conversation was so profound. It's exactly what I think about when I, you know, parent my kids and think about Mm -hmm. like the world and all that. It's just like, there is no one size fits all. That's what's great about it. Like you can be whatever you want to be and whatever you choose, like that is your choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to decide as, especially as a 14 year old kid, like you're getting to the age where like, you're going to make those decisions and choose like where you fall. Right. Um, and I just thought that was so contrasted yeah. from all the conversations Aaron's been having with totally. Julia. Or he's basically, she's basically trying to convince him to not be religious anymore. Right. And it's like, that's not really the right approach. And it's interesting because Yosef and Aaron, we see, like, have kind of similar personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Aaron was, it, it, it really struck him. And he was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, okay, yep, I'll talk to girls. Yeah. And he kind of, like, he got to the same thing. Like, Julia and Yosef both were like, listen we want him to still be talking to girls Mm -hmm. and they both approached it very differently. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Yosef's conversation was really what got him to, or at least that's how they show it on the show. Yeah. It was really what got Aaron to say, you're right, dad. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I think, I think that what's interesting too in, in this storyline of like, kind of like a coming of age of our own. Yeah. Um, and just like the two influences that he has in his life that are, are helping get him to where, whatever is next. I, I do, I do think a lot about how lucky our own is to have both. And despite the fact that like, we're, we're interpreting one as maybe better or stronger than the other. I I do think that it, it is an interesting opportunity for him to have both because um, as modern Orthodox Jews, it's, I think it's easy for us to, uh, or it's, it's a big, it's a, a big piece of the way that we're raising our kids, the way that we see our Judaism is, is in that way that it's like, there is not one size fits all for everyone. And I, and I would say that there's probably the majority of Jews feel that way. And, um, and I think that that's super obvious, even just looking at like the, the, I'm kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, but I think that there's there's a reason why non-religious Jews still identify as Jewish and it's because there's not a one size fits all like you don't have to be yep. religious to be Jewish and uh like to, to identify as being Jewish like you don't you don't hear not like Christian kids who grow up in non-religious homes being like, yeah, I'm a Christian American. <laughs> like you just, really, I, I feel like there's really? still that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. As well, we're maybe talking, that's a, maybe that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. No, yeah. no. As we're talking, I'm thinking about it. And I'm just like, I, I think that's true for all religions. Like you can take different levels of different religions sure. and feel like, Oh, okay. Like I have this level or I yeah. have that level. I do think what's interesting though, is it does, it does feel like that's not what, what we're what we got from Julia in the first few episodes. True. I do think she switches. Yeah. I think the storyline yep. Yeah. I think the storyline switches and we're trying to at the end she has a bunch of, you know, conversations, both like just confessionals, like mm. t- like talking at the camera and also in person where it does feel like she's kind of coming around a little yeah. more and being a little bit more open. Again, she's open to modern Orthodox. Right. So for us, right. that's easy to say. Yeah, exactly. She's still not open to like someone being yeshivish, which, right. and she keeps saying fundamentalist, which we've said before, we don't agree with. Um, and so I think that is hard. It's like she, she's, she's kind of picking the things that she's mm-hmm. okay with. Mm-hmm. That's um, and she's obviously not okay with, you know, the first, how she brought up her kids for mm-hmm. the first, you know, 
you know, 43 years of her life right. and, you know, their, their younger years. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was, that was just a really pivotal conversation that Aaron and Yosef True. conversation where I was like, oh, yeah. Thank you, pick Yosef, you, yeah. for representing us and <laughs> Yeah, and pick what resonates with you and and that's good. Like that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know how much I think. Uh, also, I think what was really interesting and something we definitely need to clarify here is um the whole boy girl thing. The right. co ed thing. We yeah. should talk about we that for really a little bit. We haven't d- yeah. dove into that. Just to give people context, that is a major uh I would say a major crux of um, different of how different factions of Orthodox Judaism have split off, mm-hmm. and I would say that is probably I could be wrong, and please correct me if I am. Any of my friends who are listening, I would probably say that the co co education mm-hmm. um, and the whole boy girl thing is one of probably the biggest things that created modern orthodoxy mm. and split off modern orthodoxy from some of these other communities yeah. and what differentiates it. It's a really good point. Um, I think almost all, there's like a few exceptions across the U.S., um, but in the United States, almost all more modern orthodox schools are co-ed. Mm-hmm. There are a few exceptions in L.A., Maya Node and Teaneck. There's a few. I mean, it's very minimal, but for the most part, modern orthodox schools or schools that really define themselves as modern Orthodox are Mm co-ed and have both girls and boys learning and talking. And there's no, like that whole issue of our not talking to girls. Like you couldn't really get away with that at a modern Orthodox high school or school because you'll just, you're around them. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're around them all day because our schools go way too late at night. That's a whole nother discussion (laughs) that we need to have a podcast episode about freaking letting us out like at 6 p.m. at night. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we spend a lot of hours at school. Um, But yeah, so that's, I mean, that also shows you how obsessed um, I think orthodoxy is with education and modern orthodoxy is with education that I think came up a few times um, in the conversations over those bunch of episodes. But that is one thing I I do want to point out that is very different mm-hmm. between the modern Orthodox community and the Yeshivish community, mm-hmm. which is maybe the the big thing in Julia's mind that makes her feel like, okay, if Aaron is willing to talk to girls or, you know, be in mm-hmm. a co-education or, a, you know, a, an environment that has both girls and boys talking and being normal, you know, whatever, together. I think maybe that's what mm-hmm. makes her excited about modern Orthodoxy and what really prevents her from coming around to the yeshivish community maybe like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is because to me that is the that is a huge difference yeah that's a really good point I I hadn't really thought much about the connection between like talking to because Julia always talks about like I just I mean I even put it in quotes like from episode seven she says I just want him to talk to girls that's it and like very clearly it was like that's it with like a huge hand motion yeah and and maybe maybe your maybe your insight is right in that from from her worldview pre leaving the community, the talking to girls versus not talking to girls was the difference between which, living a yeshivish life and living a modern. Which, by life. the way, I should clarify: yeshivish people, girls and boys, talk. Sure, I yeah, think, of course. <laughs> I think that I think maybe like the the point I'm trying to make is I I and please correct me if I'm wrong. I do not know a yeshivish school that is co-ed and I think that might be what she's kind of conflating is that boys and girls don't talk when they don't go to the same schools which isn't true um but again I think maybe that's where she's that Mm. maybe that is the 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 hook that she's kind of hooking her whole you know um argument around yeah it's 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 an interesting point too because I think that um that when people are making the decision for their kids as to what schools they want them to go to. Um, there's, there are just certain things that differentiate one school from another. And there's plenty of places like in, um, in Muncie, there's so many options for, for where to send their kids to school. And especially compared to like where we live. Um, but it just, it actually reminds me of, of a story that my parents always used to share with me about making the decision about where, um, where they were going to send me to school. Um, and the options at the time were a modern Orthodox school. Um, and this is for elementary school. We're talking about going into elementary school. 
There was a modern Orthodox school and there was um, a pluralistic day school option. And my parents, like I mentioned in the first episode, were always much more traditional than other conservative families that we were friends with. Um, and they really struggled with that decision. Mm. And um, they felt like the education at the pluralistic school um, might not give me the same foundation that they would want me to have um, when it came to Jewish learning. Um, and they ultimately decided to send me to the pluralistic school. And the reason was um, because in the modern Orthodox school, the the boys and girls learning was separated. And they hmm. always they always mentioned that even though it's a co-ed school, they had no issue with the fact that boys and girls were learning separately. They They took no issue with that. What they did take issue with was the fact that not only were they separated, but the the education was different. Oh, that's, and so yeah. even though it was a that's more a modern problem. school, yeah. they're modern. They're like their their facade is modern, and that they're um, they have a co-ed program. Like if you look, if you looked a little bit deeper, like they, while boys were learning Gomorrah, when yeah. like the girls were learning like meets the the, yeah. the laws of Shabbat, right yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just wasn't equal, and so to them, yeah, we, like, yeah, they we should talk about this they a couldn't bit. see past that, and yeah. And it is, it is really interesting. Like I hadn't really thought about the whole storyline of, um, talking to girls having so much, um, like weight and meaning, but it, it really does, uh, especially when you're talking about like that, uh, the school environment and how much impact that can have on, on, especially someone who's so, um, impressionable at the age of 14 like what an impact that can make on on how he ends up living his life ultimately so I guess I can have a little bit of um of understanding and empathy for Julia and the storyline that can be understood by the general population and the way that Netflix chose to portray it having it centered around the conversation around girls yeah right? maybe that's yep. where it comes from yeah no I love that you brought up all these different like nuances to yeah. Jewish schools because they're really, um, I don't know, we're not, like, we never talk about it more, yeah. like, broadly with, with the community besides the Orthodox community and um, and even the Jewish community in general. But basically, the just for context, um, what, what Elise is talking about is that there are modern Orthodox schools that do not teach girls Talmud. Um, so it's like a... a a certain type of, um, I don't want to misrepresent. <laughs> I know. Cause I don't believe, I don't, I, so yeah. So I, um, the modern Orthodox schools here in Boston and, and in a lot of places, a, a lot of them in New York, not all of them. And in a whole bunch of places do teach Talmud to girls. So they teach the same thing. Same curriculum. Yeah. Same curriculum. Even though it's separate. Is no, that, they're, oh, they're co-ed. Ev- co-ed. They're together. So okay. that's part of, so yeah. So if you see a co-ed school, so like the schools in Boston and a, a bunch of the ones um, across the country, obviously not the ones that you're talking about. And I think actually California is a little bit different because mm-hmm. LA I know is also similar um, or some of the schools in LA, not all of them, but Yes, they have the big concern, and this is where modern Orthodox schools really kind of started to split off from, you know, and and really define themselves, is that there was this issue where if you have a different um, learning environment for girls and boys, the concern is that you will not give girls as good of an Mm -hmm. education and you will not teach them all the same things that you teach to boys. Right. Um, and so that's why a lot of these schools, like the one I went to in Boston, Maimonides and a whole bunch of the other ones. And like, we now know that he goes to Frisch, Aaron goes to Frisch, (laughs) Frisch is based on Maimonides, same thing, um, where girls and boys, it's at the learnings all together, um, girls and boys, um, learn the same things and there's nothing like withheld and they learn together so that girls don't get a different education, so that people don't deprioritize a girl's education. One thing I do want to note that's very interesting is there's a lot of um, really good data, not related to Judaism at all, but really good data about um, learning in general for girls and boys um, and co-education and what that does to learning. Like Mm. how do girls and boys perform when they're in co-education environments, Mm. co-educated environments versus separate. Interesting. And the data is like very clear that um, for boys, 
it's actually very good to be in a co-education environment. And mm. actually for girls, it's not as girls, not as good. Girls actually perform better when they're just amongst girls huh. versus girls and boys. So anyways, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I will still be sending my kids to co-educational co-ed- <laughs> schools, even though I have all girls. Uh, but it is really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting like data point that yeah. I always found very interesting. So there are even schools like the one I mentioned my note and a few others where like they are modern Orthodox. They are an all girls school, but they learn Talmud and mm. they're very into it because they believe that for girls, like just that the, the data in the U.S. shows that education mm. is actually for girl, girls perform better when they're just with girls, which is really interesting. So yeah. that's a whole nother, whole nother educational discussion. But yeah. <laughs> So yeah, really interesting. We, we're learning a lot um, as these episodes go. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to warm back up to Julia yeah. and some of her actions. I think in the middle of the you know series, I definitely was kind of... Julia and I were at a low point. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she cares at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways... Um, I, I do want to kind of move on to some of the other themes that are happening here. Um, so Aaron then tells Julia that he'll start to speak to girls, mm-hmm. um, but he'll still be Shomer. He's right. Says. Shomer he does. Nagia. So, He's not going to. He won't touch them. Which he won't touch them. Which I thought was. <laughs> I started laughing at yeah. that. Um, and then uh, he does. Um, then starts this whole discussion with Julia and she has the three conversations with her three different kids about the nepotism, mm-hmm. about what we think is her right. making a decision amongst them, which ends up being not a big deal. Right. And they all end up being part of the company and everyone's really happy. Um, also what happens in that episode is there's that app launch party and right. Miriam decides to invite all of her so boyfriends weird. and girlfriends <laughs> and they're all meeting each other. Yeah. And that was really awkward. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the last episode. And in the last episode, this is really where I think the series kind of um, wraps up. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I actually think they don't set us up for I agree. another season mm-hmm. based on the edit. Um, it did kind of feel like all wrapped up. Not sure what else the conversation. Unless it opens with. Yosef and Aliza's wedding. Wedding. I know. I was thinking that. And then gets that. into like a whole, like that's, that could be a whole, like now the, the blended family. Oh my God. I hope. Cause I freaking love Aliza yeah, and I want I more know. of her and I, I want more of, honestly. And now hopefully I just have to say, I hope everyone learns how to pronounce my name now. Yes. Now Aliza. that it is on Woo! national television, hopefully I won't be getting any more mispronunciations. Yes. Not Shout out advice. to Aliza's everywhere who's been struggling <laughs> yeah. for decades. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, totally agree with that point. Um, super interesting. I do think you're right. I think the way they close out, it just and maybe that's just because it's me and I freaking love Yosef. But like, give me some more Yosef and Aliza yeah, content. I agree. I did go on Aliza's Instagram after to oh, see. Did you? Yeah, she's Her like a planning? legit party planner. Yeah, yeah she's not Which, okay. Are, are we are we getting into this right now? The last or did you have? Oh, no, we're getting into, I think we get into, the two main themes that we talk about on this last one is... Episode 9. Episode 9, the last episode, we are going to be talking about them introducing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole dinner at the end and introduce introduction of Aliza to the family okay. and that whole, and then also Robert's storyline. Yes, okay, Let's great. start with Robert's storyline. Okay, and then we'll wrap up with... Yes, okay. because Robert's storyline is, is just incredible. Okay. I, I have to admit... I, I actually cried. Oh, I was sobbing. Okay, good. I'm glad. I was I figured sobbing. That, I figured that you would be too. So oh, I figured yes. I could share that. Yeah, we can share that. Crazy. I mean, I, first of all, am like so, one of the things that we talked about when, when I think it was on the last episode, maybe it was the first episode we did, but was how interesting it was that Robert brother was so against him was like angry almost at the even just the thought of robert going out to find his birth parent birth person yeah um and and the fact that he came around to it and and like got on board and robert had to have this experience of like seeing it through i thought was just so amazing and it and again like in those moments similar to the couple 
episodes in the middle of the season, it it didn't even feel like we were watching My Unorthodox Life anymore. It yeah. felt like we were just watching some other... Oh, totally. Yeah. Mo I feel walked like into the room. Yeah. yeah, Mo walked into the room and he's like, what's the show? And I was right. like, this is the show I've been the podcasting, show, right. podcasting about. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And it just... it. I think that what I've really appreciated about about Robert's story is that it's felt really genuine. Like, oh it, my it, God. nothing about it feels like it was overly done no. or overproduced um, just for the sake of the show. Like, it really does feel like um, like his true experience. And I am so proud of him. I think that, like, what he did was so brave. Um, I think that it's hopefully, like, we talked about the word inspirational last week, but, like, hopefully it is... Um, you know, just one of those feel good inspirational stories for anyone who's looking to make like a tough decision in their life and how, you know, there's a thousand reasons that can hold you back from making a decision, but for just the one or two or five reasons that, you know, your life might be better, even if it's something really difficult for you to do, like you can take that lesson from what he did to find his birth parent and, um, or birth person and 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 apply it to anything and apply it to and um yeah I just I I got emotional watching watching the two of them yeah interact with each other that was so powerful yeah I was like I mean I was sobbing it was it was really first of all again like you said amazing that Robert's brother came around I think it really contrasted with I'm gonna say it again yeah the whole a lot of the themes that we're seeing with Julia and her interactions with her family how it's her way or the highway and she's kind of bulldozed bulldozing often Mm -hmm. um her her family into certain decisions and it felt like Robert really approached it in a much more you know like holding you know his brother's hand like just the whole thing felt like they did it hand in hand and Um, both of them really shine there. And I, that story, Stacy, the birth, mm-hmm. birth person story was so heartbreaking. I mean, just her painting the picture of her in the hospital. They gave her something. She couldn't really, mm-hmm. she just heard him cry and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was the like pain and like the weight of that to live with that your whole life that like just those moments like I can't even imagine I'm just like and also I mean when you give birth there's so much um just like a very intense moment yeah um just like physically emotionally like you're kind of in this like weird like euphoric like universe mm-hmm. that is like indescribable um and in pain like yeah. great shit tons of pain we're like <laughs> yeah um but I just felt like that layered on to like what happened to her and how it just like he was just taken from her and and she really did not have a, um, a say in that decision yeah. was really hard to hear yeah that was really hard yeah um, and I think it it just it shows like, I think that you could just physically feel a weight, like, lifted off of Robert's shoulders walking out of that restaurant and um, just feeling good about the fact that, like, he even mentions it. Like, he knows now he has somebody who he can call if, you know, he needs medical information or, like, just... just... Yeah, he was excited about the sisters. Yeah. He was like, oh, I have two yeah, sisters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So I was exciting. really happy to see that storyline come through, like, to completion. Yep. Um, wrap up in that way. Um, and I, I hope for them that like they both took away what they needed to from that experience and that, um, you know, maybe they'll see each other again. Maybe they won't, but whatever it is, like, I hope that they both have the closure that they needed. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. So should we talk about, yeah, let's shift it to gears. Yeah. Aliza and Yosef. Let's get into it. So Yosef, it starts off with Yosef zooming with Bacheva and Miriam Mm -hmm. about his girlfriend. Right. Um, Out of nowhere. (laughs) Before we get into it, I just have to have a shout out to all of my friends from Haifa. I don't know if anyone noticed, but Yosef's Zoom background. Was it Haifa? Yes. It was like the random like Google and missile buildings on the Haifa shore right by where I used to live. Of course you would notice that. How random. I was like, (laughs) and then honestly, I started doing some digging. I was like, okay, guys, this is my sleuthing. Anyone who knows me knows I love internet sleuthing. (laughs) I decided to find out, we got to find, I was like, 
once I saw that Zoom background, I'm like, I need to know what Yosef does for mm. a living. I was like, I'm getting to the bottom of this. Interesting. Okay. So, so I tried everything. I'm like, Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Hendler and this variation, like what could Yosef's English mm. name be? Uh-huh. So I was like trying all these different variations, ended up striking gold, looking for Jeff Hendler. No. Yes. Jeff? Yes, you can look him up on LinkedIn, everybody. Oh my God. Jeff That's not Hendler. not expected. He is a Wharton grad, so he's Whoa. very smart. He's a, he's a Penn grad. Um, he is the CEO of a, I, I looked it up, a, a company called Logical Buildings. It's a smart building tech company. And cool. he's like, he's got, he's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. I think he's like the founder CEO, I think. Um, Jeff. I wonder if he goes yeah, by like, Jeff in the real world. Like, oh, yeah. In the real, outside yeah, yeah. World. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like not on Netflix. Right. Not on Netflix. It sounds like maybe that's. But and that's really interesting. Two, yeah. a decision to call him Yosef on the show instead of Jeff. Well, probably because he's Yosef, like to his friends and family and his loved ones. And Jeff, he just goes by at work. I could see that. Interesting. I know a lot of people like. Really? Yeah. Like my siblings also. I'm going to like totally call them out here. But like. Aton is Mitchell. Really? Yoni is Jonathan. Oh, yeah. They all got names. Sorry, guys. Oh I'm God. exposing you. I had no idea. <laughs> they both definitely do not listen to this, this podcast. <laughs> now they might. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, Whoa. my God. You exposed me. That's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like I know a lot of people that, like, they have one name. They grow up with it. And then once they get to the real world, their, their English name, like, like the on resume. their birth certificate and everything is something else. Oh. Like, their Hebrew name and their English name are different. And so they'll, like... They go in life, they just generally go by their Hebrew name because that's what they grew up with. Interesting. And then in the real world, quote unquote, aka just like professionally, yeah, really, because the real resume. world, yeah, yeah, on their resume and professionally, they go by something else. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's super confusing. Wow, okay. Yeah. Whole other, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, whole other discussion. But yeah, so, anyways, if you want to so look Jeff, him up, Jeff Hendler okay. on LinkedIn, I did the digging <laughs> for everybody. But yeah, so this is where we get into, um, their the whole Eliza and Yosef storyline. Yeah, they've been dating for three months. two three months, yeah. um, and the kids are freaking out. Oh my gosh, this is moving it's so fast! fast. Yeah. And he like clearly is so in love. He's right. so happy. I mean, Julia left him six years prior, right? And she's already time. been yeah. married for a few years now, right? We don't know exact. I don't know exactly her timeline, but right. it, it seems like at least a few years. Um, so pretty wild that they're not like, I mean, they end up coming around to yeah. it, but I was pretty surprised that they weren't so excited for him. That I he saw, like, yeah. Okay. So here's my take on this. I saw it as another opportunity to bash Orthodox. Oh Jews. yes. Good point. I good saw point. Like, like, Oh, I, rushing into marriage. Exactly. Like they don't have sex. Like the whole storyline right, that exactly. we're just seeing over and over I, again. So I, I wonder, I mean, I'm. That, that was my take was like, I think it was just another opportunity to talk about like, oh, they're, yeah, he's rushing into it. Julia gets excited about the fact that like, she doesn't wear a shaitel. She doesn't wear a wig to cover her hair. Oh, yeah, um, wait, can we talk? Wait, wait, wait. We need to talk about that for a second. <laughs> because Julia calls Yosef and invites him for dinner. She orchestrates his whole right. dinner, which is very nice. Obviously, it's for the show. She makes it seem like it's because I want the kids to come around, whatever. Right. But she then goes... Either way, it is very nice that she invites him yeah. over. It's, it is very nice. She then asks about her not being shadal wearing. Right. And he goes... And she gets all excited. And he goes, not now. Because just right. for context, you don't wear a shadal when, when you're, you're not, not married. married. Oh, good So point. that was very weird. Interesting. And I it was think, like... He was... That, Yosef was yeah. like, yeah, not now. Like... Obviously, she's not wearing a shadow when she's not, not married. married. That's a really good point. I didn't even it's hear like, that. Yeah, but like she's she's. It sounded like she's gonna wear, it and she can do whatever she right. wants. And let <laughs> Julia. This is not your kid. This is not your spouse. This is not your sister. And even if it was, none of those things would make it your business. Or like. Who yeah. cares if your ex-husband is marrying someone who wears a shaitel or not? Okay, she did say, though... By the way, for, for context, shaitel is a hair cover. A wig, we did yeah. It. yeah I, a wig, sorry, you, you clarified. Good, So, okay. the one thing I'll say that made me think, like, oh, okay, that maybe makes sense why she asked if she wears a wig, is because she followed it up by saying, um, if Yosef and his future wife were... Um, were too from too religious then or sorry no if if 
the if the future wife was too from, then she would judge Julia and her family for being weird. Like she would mm. think that they were weird. So she, I I do that was the one thing because I felt the same way. I was like, it's so inappropriate for her to ask like if she wears a shade to if she's religious. Uh, like how religious is she? Right, like, like the, the little. She, she clarified it. Like then I was like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I understand that a little bit more. Like she just wants to make sure that whoever he's marrying is modern enough that to they be can accepting. understand right, yes. her and her life and her family right. so that they can maybe continue to co-parent as well as they do whatever it is, that they can better integrate. But I, Yeah, but I think that's a hard... That, I, I get the assumption, but I think it's kind of a rude assumption of her Agreed. because 100%. it's like yeah. just because someone wears a shadel or not doesn't show right. you their level of acceptance Agreed. of someone else that's or true. not. Like, yep. that's And that's true. what we're learning on this show is like, Regardless of your level of religiosity, you your level of acceptance of other people and their choices in life right. have nothing to do, for the most part, obviously right. there's exceptions to that, but for the most part have nothing to do with your level of religiosity and right. the things you take on. Yeah. It's just who you are as a person. Right. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's just like, are you an accepting person or are you not? Like, Do you impose your values or your life decisions on someone else or not? Right. That's yeah, not my and, view. And I do think that that dinner, despite the fact that it was set up in a weird way and it yeah. was a little bit awkward, I think it was actually like a nice way to round out the season. And the reason is because um, at the very end, um, Julia gives like a toast, of course. And it's like, it's so amazing that we're all that we're all here. We can all sit together despite the fact that we're so different. Like it just goes to show the power of love. And I think especially like as like as a mirror to one of the opening scenes at a table that felt like so mocking, so inappropriate, rude, just like not accepting of, of just like Jew, Jew, Orthodox bashing at that time. This, this to me felt like a little sense of redemption. Like she's coming around. She has like her ex-husband and his, his fiance at the table and they're, they're Orthodox and, her son, Aron, and, like, all these people, and they're, and she's, like, recognizing the fact, like, yes, we are different, but isn't it amazing that we can all sit together, be here, um, respect each other, um, and, um, like, live our lives and love each other at the end of the day, so I did think, it, I thought it was a nice way to wrap the season. Agreed, agreed. I, I, I do think that they ended on a better note than they started. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who was Orthodox that was watching that first episode, but that first scene yeah. was cringing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know so many people that stopped watching it after the first yeah. five minutes because it was just too hard. Yeah. Um, some of you who are listening so that you know what's on the episodes. Right. <laughs> haven't um, even seen it yet. Yeah, who haven't even seen it. Um, which I understand because I had a lot of anxiety watching this show as well. Yeah. Just because, you know, you don't want to it's hard to feel misrepresented um and and we generally are mm-hmm. because we are such a spectacle yeah and we do do things differently well, um, and there's such a spectrum too yes right so yeah. it's hard it's hard to and we keep we, we've mentioned before like this is clearly her her perspective and her story yes. and and we're not taking any of that away from her but because of the fact that Judaism orthodox Judaism in particular there's such a spectrum um, it's really, it's hard to, to, to feel like the entire community can be represented. And therefore, like by putting something like this out into the world, you just hope that like people understand that when they're watching it. Yeah. That, that, and I think that's my biggest concern is people watching it might not have all the context right. that, that, that we have. Obviously that's we all have different lives. Yeah. That's right? why we did this. <laughs> And I think that that to me is hard as I think I don't want people to walk away from the series being like, oh, they're so accepting of all Jews. Look at them. It's wonderful. Um, or Julia is, I should say, because they, the, you know, but I, I do feel like she is to a point like mm-hmm. she's like, OK, un- like if you are more than modern Orthodox, I won't accept you. Yeah. Which I think is really, and coming from someone who is modern Orthodox. So like, let's say I was in her family, she would accept me, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, that doesn't make it right that she doesn't accept someone who's more religious. Right. Like I, I'm, I just want to do a little sticking up for the folks that are more religious because I felt like she has this perception of what she accepts and what's yeah. okay in her mind. Yeah. And that's not everyone. And so she's yeah. not, so, so for folks that are listening, like she really does hand select a ton of people in the community mm-hmm. that 
are not on her approved list. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, they wrap up the show with a nice bow, mm-hmm. um, but don't come away thinking that she's so accepting of right. everyone. And if her kids would be the way that they wanted to be, she would be accepting regardless. Yeah. It does not sound like she would be. I agree. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens if there's another episode or another, another season, season that comes yeah. out. In the meantime, we definitely have to keep our eye on uh, Real Housewives of Dallas now to see what goes down there. I definitely think that, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but there's definitely, um, I think, room here to continue the conversation, continue um, learning more about other people's stories, talking about how Jews are reflected in the media. There's like so much, so much to talk about still. Um, And I'm very, um, I don't think this is the end of the podcast. Yeah, this was a fun start. Yeah, that this is the end of the series for now. I think like I'm hoping that we can continue the conversation TBD still on how exactly it unfolds. But yeah, hopefully there's um, just better representation of Orthodox Jews in the media. And this will not be like us dissecting in a bad way, but us like getting really excited and just like fangirling exactly that, that's my goal yeah, that's my goal, goal. <laughs> right exactly wow awesome so yeah. much fun thanks for listening thanks for guys listening. this was fun and excited to see where this goes exactly that's what i was gonna say okay talk soon bye